Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, we're taking center stage. Introducing NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of Black-led stories from NPR's podcasts. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Margot Livesey, and my most recent novel is The Road from Bellhaven. Margot Livesey's latest novel, The Road from Bellhaven, follows a young Lizzie Craig growing up in 1880s Scotland. She has the gift of second sight, which allows her to see aspects of the future. This might be considered more a curse than a gift because she's able to see the future, but not alter it. I recently spoke with Margot Livesey about The Road from Bellhaven and a little bit more. From KMEW Studios, part of the NPR Podcast Network, this is Marginalia. I'm Beth Golay, and here's my conversation with Margot Livesey. Could you give our listeners a brief description of the book? Maybe maybe introduce us to Lizzie Craig, because when the book begins, we meet her, and she's being raised by her grandparents, yes? Correct. The novel is set in 1880s Scotland, and it follows the life of Lizzie Craig, from about the age of um, 10 is really when the action starts, until she's 20. Lizzie has been orphaned. Her father died in a fishing accident. Her mother succumbed to uh, pneumonia. And Lizzie is being brought up by her grandparents who own a farm called Bellhaven Farm. And uh, she lives there in many ways very happily, delighted to be in the company of the hens and cows and sheep and her grandparents. But increasingly, this is partly because she reads too many books. She does long to have friends. Because the farm is some distance from the village, it's hard to be friends with the village girls. And uh, her loneliness creates a certain... I don't know, a certain kind of expectation, perhaps. Um, She begins to realize at a fairly young age that she is seeing pictures. She thinks of them as pictures. They come to her as pictures which show the future, often something quite mundane, somebody's new hat, which hen the grandmother will choose for Sunday dinner. Um, but sometimes things that are more profound and more distressing. And gradually she begins to understand that other people are not experiencing these pictures. And the novel really follows both her life, which has its um, ups and downs and some wonderful surprises and some less good surprises, and her relationship with this a gift of seeing the future but never being able to change it. I want to talk a bit about Lizzie's second sight because we learn on the first page of the book that she has this gift or or this curse. And so I guess my question is is a bit two-part because first I understand from your acknowledgments that your mother, Eva McEwen, had second sight. And then second, I wonder, do you think Lizzie's gift was much help to her? What a good question, Beth. Um, I never knew my mother. She died when I was two and a half. But the handful of stories I have about her, almost all, are about her relationship with the supernatural. She, as far as I know, did not see the future, but she saw people who were not visible to most other people. 
And the hospital wards where she worked as a nurse were regularly visited by poltergeists, um, which made it very hard for her patients to sleep. I think of Lizzie, uh, Lizzie's gift as a very complicated one because it doesn't help her. It doesn't make her wiser and it often puts her in very difficult situations. But the novel does build to a point where I think we see that the gift is more complicated. <laughs> it isn't always a bad thing. I've come to realize really only recently, that I have an affection for books and movies that are about hard work. And The Road from Belhaven absolutely falls in this category, whether it's on the farm or as a maid or in a pub or at the locomotive tracers. Lizzie works so hard. Yet, you know, as she herself even thought about her family station in life, like where they stood on the poverty scale, there wasn't much opportunity to get ahead. And your thorough research is evident throughout this book. So talk to me about the trials of the time and place where The Road from Belhaven is set. Thank you. I did do quite a lot of research, but some of that research was done between the ages of 9 and 13 when I visited a farm in the village where we lived at that time, which was owned by a brother and sister who worked unceasingly. Um, every day they were there working away with the animals and the crops. And um, work was a given of my childhood. Everybody I knew worked in some way. Um, and I think what I saw as a child was perhaps even more true in the, in the 19th century, when it was very hard for people even those who owned quite a lot of land, as Lizzie's grandparents do, to really get ahead, to translate their crops and their livestock into money. And money is always in short supply in Lizzie's childhood. You know, this question might also be about time and place because the quote-unquote adoption of children felt a little unstructured. You know, Lizzie didn't realize that she had an older sister who was living with other grandparents until, you know, we meet her at 10 and it's a few years after that. Or, you know, there's a, there's a time when somebody goes off to Glasgow and the people who are left behind assume that the child is abandoned and they give her away. So is that, you know, was this also indicative of the time? I think this was very much part of the time. Um, in doing research about the book, I, you know, I went back to the 19th century to letters and diaries, and I found quite a number of cases where children were passed around very casually. You had too many children, you gave one to your your sister or your or your brother or your grandparents, and nobody thought very much about this. And that really persisted, I think, up through the Second World War, and then things began to be much more structured. So what happens with Lizzie, going to one set of grandparents, knowing nothing about her older sister being with the other set of grandparents, was not, I think, uncommon. And people were sort of passed around in a way that we now, I think, find a bit shocking. Something that felt harsh and therefore so believable, I guess, was the last will and testament of Lizzie's grandfather, Rab. Is it painful, you know, as an author, is it painful to write a character who is so lovable yet stubborn enough to act so cruelly? 
It was hard. And again, um, I did do research in the sense of going back, not so much to 19th century novels, which I love, but to, to letters and diaries. And people did typically give their land away as a piece. They did try to keep the farm together. And uh, so, yes, it, there was no way for the grandfather. And again, I don't want to give away too much of the novel. There was no way for the grandfather to write the will in a way that included both granddaughters equally. You know, thinking about Rab, you mentioned Lizzie read so much, but so did Rab. And he had a, a large collection of books. So I wanted to ask about all of the literature that was mentioned throughout the book. Are these books some of your favorites? Of course. Um, I wanted an excuse to reread all my childhood <laughs> books. And um, there, there wasn't much to do in uh, on a farm on winter evenings other than read. And there's a very long established tradition of, perhaps in England too, but particularly in Scotland, of rural people being quite well educated and being quite avid readers and books being quite a precious commodity. So that for me felt very truthful and like something I encountered often in looking back in the 19th century. I was intrigued by Alice, Lizzie's pet jackdaw. You know, we met this bird early in the book. Was her behavior based on any birds in your life, any birds that you knew? Chrissy and Selby's farm, where I went nearly every day, I kept pigeons who did not behave remotely like Alice. <laughs> um, but I did read Conrad Lorenz's King Solomon's Ring and his wonderful account of the jackdaws there. So I, I borrowed lavishly from that. But no, I always wanted to have an Alice. So The Road from Belhaven is your 10th novel, you also have a collection of stories. You teach at the University of Iowa Writers' Workshop. So as an experienced novelist and teacher, do you still feel like you're learning about the writing process? And are, are there any parts that are still a challenge for you? Oh, so many parts are still a challenge. I think one of the good things about writing is that it remains perpetually interesting but I haven't noticed it getting any easier as I get older, and my friends report the same. I think I have got um, more facile, more fluent at certain things, but in a funny way, I need to wor almost work against my own fluency to get to a, a deeper level sometimes. And um, I think it remains just as difficult to to write characters that really do walk off the page, um, to figure out a plot that does feel propulsive and suspenseful and believable. I think those remain deeply challenging things. After you finish a novel, do the characters ever just stay with you and keep whispering in your ear saying, don't forget about me, don't forget about me? In the case of Lizzie, I have to say yes, perhaps partly because she's quite still quite young when the novel ends and much of her life, we hope, lies before her. And I think that feeling is perhaps deepened because The Road from Belhaven is a kind of prequel to my novel Eva Moves the Furniture based on my mother's life. So Lizzie feels particularly real to me. 
we've talked about a lot. Is there anything that you want to talk about that I haven't asked? I think the one thing that I took pleasure in in writing the novel was the very old tension, if you will, between the rural life and the city life. And the rural life has, has many pleasures, but it's such hard work. And then the city life, if you have enough money or and you have a roof over your head, that can be very pleasurable and exciting too. And I did want to sort of capture how, as Lizzie gets older and discovers the city of Glasgow, her life gets more complicated. The book is The Road from Bellhaven. Margot Livesey, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Beth. And thank you for asking such engaged and engaging questions. I'm so grateful to you. This is my first interview, and I think I'm terribly fortunate that it's with you because you put up with all my blunders, and I will try to get smoother about things. You were perfect. You really were. That was Margot Livesey, author of the book, The Road from Bellhaven, which was published by Knopf. Marginalia was produced at KMUW Wichita and is part of the NPR Podcast Network. Our engineers are Mark Statzer and Torin Anderson. Our editors are Luann Stevens and Haley Krausen. Our producers are Haley Krausen and Katie Lanning, and our marketing coordinator is Carly Cooper. This is Marginalia, and for KMUW, I'm Beth Golay.